eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner at Memorial Stadium, where we just saw something in the spring game. We saw some football played on a beautiful, beautiful night at Memorial Stadium, probably the best weather day of the year here in Champaign. Joey, we saw Barstow Carl throw some touchdown passes. We saw Emily from BTN attempt to throw passes, uh, but we also saw Barry Lunny in the offense, Ryan Walters in his defense, and Brett Bielma's team. Really the most we've seen this year, and there's not a lot you can take away from these kind of scrimmages, especially when it's ones against the backups, including a bunch of walk-ons. But what is your biggest takeaway from spring game 2022? I want two drives of ones versus ones. That's all. I'm not asking for the world here. That, that would just help me tremendously. My big takeaway, I mean, we came in watching the offense, right? Like that's what we wanted to see. We saw Tommy DeVito do football things and – I think it turned out, I mean, I kind of a little bit of a slow start early in that first drive, uh, but then he ended up 16 of 20, 248 yards, three touchdowns, obviously the big asterisk, he went against the twos and the rest. Like that's the same conversation we had last year with Brandon Peters threw the ball all over the place. I mean, it, it's the same exact situation, but I, I thought you saw some things with Tommy. He looked comfortable. They, they talked openly about this being, an adjustment. I think a lot of times the transfer thing gets lost. Like everyone talks about high school kids coming in and the adjustment they have to make. This is a whole, like Tommy DeVito spent five years somewhere else with different things asked of him, different responsibilities on his shoulder. Like we have to acknowledge that as an adjustment as well. So we saw a little bit of that and I don't know what it means, Jeremy. They threw it against backups. I, Isaiah Williams had 120 yards. That was good. I mean, they, they recognized he was on the field. But I, I just thought you saw a little bit more pace offensively. You saw Tommy DeVito settle in, and obviously it doesn't mean anything come August. Probably not, but it's something to talk about now. Yeah, I, I was just looking up what we're looking – or what Peters did last year in Tony Peterson's first offense. So um, I, I don't want to get too excited about Tommy DeVito and, and, and what the offense did today. Yeah, Peters 12 of 18 – for 291 yards and a touchdown. He also had a rushing touchdown. So Tommy DeVito today, 16 of 20, throwing the ball for 248 yards and three touchdowns. Listen, I hate to single out the kid, but like Isaiah Williams, who was fantastic today, was going against Peyton Vining, who's a walk-on who just converted from wide receiver to defensive back. So how much are you going to put into those things? 
I do like what we saw from DeVito just in poise. He looked experienced and he looked like he had tools. Now let's see it uh, in competition against, you know, uh, better teams, better opponents, like the first string defense. It would have been nice to see that, uh, as you said, Joey, for a series or two. Um, but am I sold that Tommy DeVito is going to be awesome? Am I sold that Barry Lunny's offense is going to be awesome? No, but the things I liked, he got, he got the ball out quickly. Right. Like that was an issue with Tony Peterson, the last seven step drops. And it's just the offense that the personnel was not set up to, to be successful that way. The other thing I liked, Isaiah Williams got the ball a lot. Six catches for 120 yards, a, a rush. I felt like he had more. I don't know if all the stats were accounted for. And then Chase Brown and Josh McCray played a lot more than I thought they would. But he got them the ball like it was frustrating at times when Tony Peterson just did not get his players, the balls in space. And that included Isaiah Williams and another guy I'll throw in there's Brian Hightower had four catches for 80 yards. But what does that mean for the season? I don't know, but we saw Brian Hightower catch passes and he didn't do that. He didn't have a single catch last year when he was one of the more talented guys on the team. I know he had injuries, but still they just didn't really explain why he wasn't a factor. It's like, why isn't one of the most talented guys playing? And it just made no sense. Barry Lunny and Tommy DeVito get him the ball today. So what, what does that mean come fall? I have no idea. But it's just simple things, Joey, that were nice to see. I think the first drive, I'd have to go back and look. But I, I remember Isaiah Williams and Chase Brown did almost everything. He didn't end in a punt. But that's because the ball's a little underthrown. Isaiah Williams dropped it. Probably could have caught it. He would have been – he'd still probably be running right now. Like, those are the things, like – get the ball to the dudes who can do things that other guys can't do. And, and you saw, you saw that. And, and you saw a couple passes to the tight end. Uh, Tip Ryman had a nice touch. I think he dove, if I'm not mistaken, yep. it feels like so long ago, uh, Luke Ford got in there, but man, it's get the ball to the best guys. Chase Brown, Isaiah Williams. This is not a hot take. They are the best guys. Josh McRae, one of the best guys. And, you know, we have to acknowledge they were shorthanded in some capacities. Julian Pearl did not play. Sean Miller did not play. Aiden Lawfrey did not play. I don't know that the, the latter two, the two freshmen would have been with the ones. I think it's probably fair to think they would not have been. Casey Washington did not play. Uh, so I think got a chance to see a little bit further down. I, we got more eyes on Zy Chrysler, I think, Jeremy, than, than I would have expected, especially with the ones without Julian Pearl. Uh, large individual, uh, when he gets his hands on you, especially if he's pulling, you will probably be hitting the ground. I think that's fair to say. Uh, but yeah, offensive line was about what we thought, right? I, I think that's that's accurate. Alex Palcheski, Isaiah Adams were your two tackles, Jordan Slaughter, Zy Chrysler, Alex Pilstrom. That's not really a surprise to us. We've been writing that. We've been talking about that. Uh, obviously, Julian Pearl's entrance and reemergence will change that. But that, I didn't really see a lot of surprises offensively. We've yeah. listened to what they've said to us for 14 practices. There was a little more tempo, getting it out quick, get it to the guys. This is exactly what we thought. And it was still a vanilla offense. Yeah. I mean, the, the offense was vanilla. But Tommy DeVito said something interesting when he was asked about Isaiah Williams. He said, he's like, it's nice to throw two yards past the line of scrimmage, not even throwing it past the line of scrimmage and letting him go. Miracles happen, Jeremy. Who would have ever possibly seen? Scream passes to, I, okay, <laughs> I'm buying all of the stock in Isaiah Williams this year. Pray that he stays healthy, people because he's going to have a big year like Isaiah Williams is more talented than Zachary Franklin and look at what Zachary Franklin did to Illinois last year um so I Barry Loney is 
is is not dumb. Uh, I, I think he he's shown he can get the most out of playmakers. Chase Brown is better than Sincere McCormick. He's just a better athlete. I think he's a better running back. Josh McCray, I think, can be as good as someone like Sincere McCormick. So I think that's a positive sign. Uh, you know, Paul Petrino used to say all the time, feed the studs. It, it's not that complicated, but at times last year, it felt that complicated. Get the ball to your best playmakers, and it's part of the reason Daniel Barker is gone. Like, how much better would you feel if you had that weapon uh, still on your offense as well? But he didn't get the ball enough, and we'll see what he does at Michigan State this year. But it, it was an atrocity that he had under 20 catches, and Isaiah Williams should have had way more than he had last year. So Isaiah Williams should get, realistically, like tonight, eight to ten touches a game. It's not that hard. And that's what good teams do. That's what good play callers do when you have a dynamic player like that. And they really, the, the issue, Joey, might be who are the other guys that can help complement that? Is Luke Ford and Tip Ryman at tight end going to be good enough to go to them when you need to? And that's why it was encouraging to see Brian Hightower. We saw Pat Bryant get involved a little bit. Casey Washington didn't play today. We know he's capable, but just getting the ball, finding a way to get those guys open and getting the ball. He was able to do that tonight against a really, really inferior defense, of course. But that, that was that was a positive to see. I, I want to bring up the, the offense. You mentioned the offensive line, how it looked from left to right. Isaiah Adams, Jordan Slaughter on the left side, uh, Alex Postrom at center, right guard Zy Chrysler, and then Alex Pauczewski uh, at right tackle. Julian Pearl will probably start at one of the tackles, and we'll see who you know slides to what guard spot, who goes as a backup. But one thing Brett Bielma talked about, I asked him early in spring, and I, I feel like he didn't want to like put down the, the previous guys. They are far bigger. They, they are far bigger. I think they're more talented. I think they have a higher ceiling. But obviously, Isaiah Adams had pulls really well. I think he's going to block well in space. But we'll see how he does against Big Ten talent, right? A great talent on the edge. And if he can do that, if not, he might have to slide in the guard. Zy Chrysler's a massive man. He's still got to slim up a little bit. I, we were joking during the game, like, he doesn't move that quickly on some of those poles. But when he gets his hands on you, he can pancake you. And he, he did that a few times tonight. And Alex Postrum, I, th I still think, is a work in progress a little bit at safety or at uh, center just to, to get that confidence and just to be able to snap the ball. He had some hit the ground that he said he was disappointed in. But I, I think there's talent there, Joey, but it's going to take some time to gel. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, let's just say, when, when Pearl comes back, I, I would – the most likely in my mind outcome would be Chrysler to the bench and Isaiah yeah. Adams slots in at guard. But I know we talk a lot about Pilster just really quickly. And I know it wasn't perfect. And I don't know that the expectation was perfection. He's been a center for like maybe four months. I mean, right around the, the winter conditioning, I think his ability to do that. And plus these next four months before the season starts, that has got to alleviate a lot of pressure from adding somebody in the portal. And that's not to say they won't do it, but I think the more you see of him getting him out there in a game setting under the lights, getting him, this isn't the kid who's not played, he's played, but I just think getting him in that position, like that is, that today felt really big for him to get those reps in, in the game and in that live action. So I, I think he's, it's really important that he's able to play this at, at a decent level because I think that, He's a big, big kid, too. I mean, he's, he's not the walk-on tight end that he was five years ago. He's a big kid, looks like an offensive lineman. So that, that changes a lot. I still don't know. I, I think maybe seven guys, Jeremy, uh, the five we mentioned. So Palcheski, Pearl, 
uh, Adams, Chrysler, Pilstrom, uh, I, I, maybe six. I throw Zach Barlev in that mix. So seven, I guess I can't do math. Yeah. Math isn't it for me. Like that feels like probably like the seven you would conceivably yeah. be most comfortable with. We'll see what Josh Cruz does between now and then. But I don't know how they really felt in their hearts that they had seven guys last year. And you, know, you had to shuffle things around a little bit to kind of patchwork things together. But it's a work in progress. That's I, that's exactly why they went out and added as many prep prospects and two junior college guys. They know they've got to bolster that, that talent-wise, depth-wise. I think also, interestingly, interestingly Jeremy, versatility-wise, almost everybody on that line, I think everybody who started tonight, plus you want to throw Pearl in there, can play two positions. You got a lot of tackle guard. Uh, Pilstrom just can literally play all five positions. I don't know to what level, but he can go do it. Like that's really important. And that was not the case last year. You had probably two versatile pieces last year in Julian Pearl and Alex Palczewski. So you're seeing that develop as well, which I think is an interesting nugget to watch moving forward here. Let, let me ask you, maybe we buried the lead. Uh, Tommy DeVito, fall camp. Is he the unquestioned starter or when Art Sikowski gets healthy? I think it's going to be a real competition. Because I, I think Art Sikowski has a lot of the intangibles you like. And they've talked a lot about this spring before tonight. Consistency has been an issue with Tommy DeVito, which given his career, given he's new, given it's a new offense, given he's learning everybody here, that's not too big of a surprise. Um, but I, I think it will be a competition because if Art's healthy, his arm strength is better than we saw last year. Now, I think he's got all the intangibles you want in a quarterback. He's the leader. He's He's, he did radio today during second quarter. And I heard he was great. I heard he was fantastic at it. Um, but he's, he's a future coach. Now, can he put it together in the field? He hasn't done that consistently in his career. How much do we take away from last year? I'm not sure. But I thought he did some things at Rutgers his, his last year. There was a backup who kind of filled in as a starter that, that were encouraging. Are you feeling great about that as a starter? I'm not sure. But I think DeVito would be the favorite, no doubt, to, to be the starter week one against Wyoming or week zero against Wyoming. But I do think they're going to make it a competition in that Art has enough respect in that room and in the, in the, in the building that they're going to give him that opportunity. Yeah, I don't know that it's some unquestioned stamp. You know, you're walking out of spring ball when they do these exit meetings the next week and a half. You know, by the time they're all finished up, that everyone's going to go put their feet on, on a beach and say, well, hey, Art's the guy. Or, uh, Tommy's the guy, but I think the inside track is how I would place it. He, I think he's probably got the inside track going into fall. Uh, and he talked a lot and Brett talked a lot about understanding and, you know, Brett wants a lot on his quarterback situationally to, you know, football 101. I know we've talked about it a lot. Like Tommy brought that up. I'll write about it tonight. But I think that's something that has taken some adjustments and getting used to and understanding what Brett wants out of his quarterback what he wants them to wear, how, you know, how, how that all goes together. And I think we also have to acknowledge this isn't, and I, I know you and I, Jeremy, like talking to Brandon Peters, but I, the gap isn't there between Art and Brandon and Art and Tommy like it was in terms of those intangible things. Tommy carries a lot of that as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that is what we talked about so much last fall. It's like, well, Art does, you know, this really, really well. And Brandon's got this laser rocket arm. Uh, you know, it's kind of which way do you lean? And I think that gap is narrowed. So what's it look like from there? I don't know. But yeah, I would say if I had to guess when fall camp breaks and the ones are out there, it's hard for me to think right now it's not Tommy. Will that last more than a week? Don't know, man. I don't, 
And guess what? We're not going to know. Let's just put that on the table. We're not going to be uh, invited to come experience the, the beauty that is fall training camp. I think this was a big spring for Tommy DeVito and, and frankly, probably Art too, to be honest. He's, he's a guy who he didn't just waste these last 15 practices. He took a lot, as much as he could without actually throwing the thing. Yeah, and I've heard uh, today he threw 25 passes. So that he's starting to feel healthy. He just didn't do it in practice. Uh, he kind of did it with the, the trainers kind of overlooking him. Um, before we switch to the defense, I do want to mention that Brett Bioma kind of said uh, about the offense and in, in the team, really. He said, as Isaiah Williams goes, we go. It's basically kind of what he was saying, kind of the whole Dexter Fowler with the Cubs thing. I don't disagree with that. I, I think Chase Brown and Josh McCray are the backbone of this offense, but we saw that last year. We saw that go really well. They need the, the passing game to, to complement that and at least be a threat. And the guy, Isaiah Williams, is the key to that. Now can they supplement him with some other pieces and the quarterback to get him the ball? Uh, one more. We didn't get to see Aiden Lawfrey, uh, who, who has a hamstring injury. We didn't get to see Sean Miller, who appears to have a shoulder injury. He was in a sling. Um, so it seems like he'll be out for a little bit, but those are two promising guys this spring from everything we heard, uh, and could play a big role in the fall, but Jordan Anderson, uh, showed some flashes there, Joey. We, we saw it when we went and saw him play at, at Joey at Catholic six, three, they list him at two forty now, but he's got wiggle. Uh, he can make a cut and run. And he certainly showed that today. And, and he's got, uh, he's got some hands as an H back. So I don't think he's going to get a ton of snaps behind Josh McCray kind of in that role or, or Chase Brown playing in that role. But I, I think he can carve out, you know, some, some reps this season because he's such a unique piece. And that, that's what it's about, man. Like finding different ways to add talent that they give uh, defense coordinators some fits um, and, and can just make your team more dangerous. And I think Barry Lonnie, whether it's this year or next year, is definitely going to find a role for a guy like that. Yeah, I know you and I had talked after we watched Jordan at JCA, and people don't seem to hit, and that's going to change in college, but people don't seem to hit him square. I mean, he, he just, he's got a lot of instincts as a runner, and the last two times, the state championship game, and now, he's shown hands. I mean, you wouldn't think of just a gentleman of his size, like you wouldn't assume he's got these hands. He's got pretty good hands for, for being what he is. So, we, you know, you want to find a way that you can carve out. What can, where can you find a home right now? when you have two really, really good backs in front of you. And, you know, maybe he'll be a kid that it gets to be that week eight, nine, 10. And it's like, do they play him? Is he going to redshirt? What, you know, how, how are they going to do that? And I know that seems like we're getting far ahead of ourselves, but he seems like he's got just enough different that he could maybe push that conversation yeah. with how they want to do this. So I, I was pretty impressed with him. This wasn't where he was going up against the twos. He was going up against the ones and had a nice run. I think he was just a travesty of justice. He was robbed of that touchdown catch. Uh, Bielema should have thrown the challenge flag. That, that should have, that should have <laughs> been getting the touchdown run anyway. So uh, that was... touchdown catch. This is unbelievable. It happened like that. But yeah, I, I think he he showed some flashes there in, in a deep room where you got to flash somewhere when the opportunity is given. Yeah, and I think he showed not that we're surprised. He belongs on a Big Ten field, right? Like he's he looks like he belongs, and, and he showed he's one to lower a shoulder. He he had one where he needed to block a little bit better, and and I think that's a next step for him. But yeah, I think Aiden Lawfrey and, and Sean Miller are the guys we think you're not redshirting those guys. Owen Anderson wasn't healthy today; uh, was banged up most of the spring. But I think he's a guy who can find a role in the tight end room. Uh, but Jordan Anderson could be one of those tough decisions uh, at some point in the season. You hope maybe you can redshirt him because everyone else in front of him is healthy. But 
I think he's a guy you'd feel comfortable uh, playing, especially at that position. I think it translates pretty easily from high school. Uh, you know, at least the running, the catching part of it, uh, the blocking part's usually the hard part for running backs. Anything else from the offense? I mean, Samari Collier, we got to see, got some reps. Uh, Ryan Johnson, we saw and got some reps. Um, I think it's Art Sikowski and, and Tommy DeVito. I, I don't think those guys will be pushing uh, for reps in, in an actual game unless injuries happen uh, harshly for Illinois. Yeah, let's just say, I think you can say it's about almost any team in the Big Ten and in the country. If you are on your third or fourth quarterback, that thing, things, are, things have kind of gotten a lot of hand, and, and that's, not, that's not good for you in the season. So exactly what we thought, Jeremy. Tommy DeVito, Art Sikowski, figure it out how they figure it out. I don't know how it's going to shake out, but those are the two guys that anything beyond that and something's gone, something's gone a little bit off the rails offensively for this team. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, let's switch to defense here, Joey. And uh, I thought that the starting defense looked pretty dominant uh, against the inferior offense that included some walk-ons, right, playing on the offensive line. So they needed – uh, to dominate this game. I, I think the flash play that you saw, which was a good thing to see because Kirby Joseph was on the sidelines watching his teammates as, as he gets ready to get drafted next week. Um, but Kendall Smith getting a pick, man. He, he looked confident back there, looked comfortable. He's a guy who entered the transfer portal, and then once Kirby left for the draft, he decided, I'm going to come back, and Illinois really wanted him back. And I think having a guy that has experience is important. Is he as good athletically as Kirby? Probably not. But uh, he's a guy with a lot of experience. He does have length, a lot of strength on him as well. And I, I think he's loving that he's got this opportunity. I talked with him afterwards, going to have a story on it. But uh, the opportunity to, to play at this level in a sixth season I mean, he was Lovey Smith's first commit along with Ricky Smalling. They committed at the same time. He's still here six years later. I think he's been wanting this opportunity for so long. It didn't come. Now he has it. That was a good first step for him to see. I, I don't know if it'll mean he'll have a huge year, if he's going to be able to hold off Prince Green or whoever else can, can, can compete with him at safety. But the staff seems pretty confident in him right now. Yeah, I'll go hands up. I think I personally overlooked him all spring and, I think I got very fixated on will it be Quan Martin, will it be Prince Green, but he, I don't know what it's going to look like come week zero, but he's he's putting himself right in the middle of that conversation and clearly he's at the forefront of it right now out there at the one. So the interception was good. He was going to six it if it wouldn't have gotten blown dead. I mean, he was gone. But yeah, you, you wonder who's going to step into that role. That's what we wanted to know. Probably the biggest thing, I think, Jeremy, that you and I had talked about wanting to know defensively, and that doesn't mean – you know, we didn't have a question about outside linebacker or nose tackle, but 
Kirby was so impactful, and you can see that the safeties in this defense are kind of the head of the snake and what Ryan Walters wants to do. So who was going to step into that? And Kendall looked pretty impressive today. Again, the caveat will always be the caveat of, of going yep. against Hughes. But, yeah, I, I wondered, actually, Jeremy, if there was going to be any – if Ryan Walters was going to shuffle things around and maybe try to get Prince in there with the ones or try to move Quan back and get someone like Keontae Curry in there at nickel. But they rode with Kendall Smith and, and those starting guys. There really wasn't a lot of in and out um, – you know, in terms of bringing guys from team to team, which was interesting. But, yeah, man, he, yeah. he he impressed. He impressed in his opportunity here. And Ricky Smalling was here. Can we just really quickly yeah. off the engine? Yeah, we saw him. Big hug to Pat Embleton, uh, recruiting director. Alex Palczewski jumped on, you know, Ricky's back. I'm probably not the most ex fun experience for Ricky Smalling. Alex is a large individual. But, yeah, it was good to see him around still. And the first two Lovey Smith recruits on the field at Memorial Stadium, obviously one playing, but – crazy man yeah we saw jake hansen here we saw doug kramer here a lot of these guys blake hayes james mccourt all these guys hoping uh to have a good week at the end of next week some of them getting free agent calls all that but uh pretty cool to see all those guys out here in support but going back i i think the secondary is where you probably feel the most confident right like ryan walters and aaron henry have done a good job with that group but but devin witherspoon was good and i thought taz nicholson made some nice plays as that second corner. Quan Martin was good tonight. And Sidney Brown, I think you have utmost confidence in, and, and they sure do, uh, given the season he had last year, which I, I thought was his best uh, as an Illini. So I think you got talent there. Like, even if Kendall, it doesn't work out there, I think you can move Quan back there. Maybe Prince Green can step up, or maybe Keontae Curry uh, goes in at slot, or maybe he goes in at free safety, like – I think there's enough talent there maybe right now. I know they're looking maybe in the portal for, for another corner, but I, I feel like you, you have enough there and you have enough returners that you feel pretty strong. The front seven, I'm interested to see, Joey. Like, I, I thought you saw some good things tonight. I thought Alec Bryant flashed when he was in the game. Then he suffered a – Brett Buma said a soft tissue injury, so I don't know if it was a hamstring or something, but he came out. Was he cramping? Was that what he said? Cramp, yeah, yeah, it was cramp. Okay, and then uh, Seth Coleman – had a tackle for all seven tackles for him. I think we know he's really talented. Ezekiel Holmes uh, was, was the starter at outside linebacker. Johnny Newton looked really good. And I think we know Johnny Newton and, and Keith Randolph are going to be pretty good. The other nose guard spots going to be really interesting. They have Virtus Brown going there most of the night. t Rod Edwards. Uh, Calvin Avery was the third uh, nose guard tonight. So, that group I'm going to be really interested to see. I, I think Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton are really good. Uh, they're adding another defensive lineman through the transfer portal and Rashawn Wilkins. So, I, I, you know, C.J. Hart, Tariq Barnes, I think we know what they are. How good is that group going to be? Can it be better than last year? Can it maintain last year? Uh, I, those are questions we won't know until I think they play really good teams like Virginia, uh, you know, in it and going into the big time. Yeah, can Keith even plug a gap at nose guard from time to time? And, you know, Bryce Barnes was starting on the defensive line in place of Keith. I, I told you this, Jeremy, if we were to go back and look at Bryce Barnes, his senior year at GCMS, and look at him now, probably wouldn't believe it. I mean, he's really he, – he, he changed his body for this thing and this role. And, uh, you know, getting out there with the ones is telling in, in some capacity. And, again, Keith was out. That's, that's the caveat here. But I do wonder what that – I don't know how you can feel confident in nose guard right now. I, I just don't – they don't seem no confident in those guards. They've added two transfers there, right? 
Yeah, and man, Rod Perry, he probably didn't notice him a lot out there because he didn't put up a lot of stats. But that dude made a lot of things go by being as good as he was. So someone's got that. Along with Kirby, that's probably the biggest concern, I think, you know, in terms of who steps into that. Because there's not a lot of proven talent there. And you, you thought maybe this would be Calvin or Virtus's chance to step in to an opportunity. And they just don't, don't appear to have run with it this spring. And I know it's only 15 practices. But this, do, this goes back to, I mean, they brought in T. Rydwards for a reason. And they brought that in before spring ball. Or brought him in, rather before spring ball. So I think it's, you know, concerns. I don't know, but there's some questions there. I think I have less questions about outside linebacker because I think there's more guys who can do it. I, I just wonder how many guys can play nose tackle. And that's got to be, where, that's a position, Jeremy, where you need a few guys like that. They cycle in and out of there. And I don't, I don't know how many they have right now. Well, that's why I want to ask you, Joey. Um, Brett didn't really answer the question when I asked him, but I asked him, you know, when you, you've evaluated your entire roster, how does that impact how you go about the portal? Because they still have a couple of scholarships open here, right? And I think we have we, – they've already addressed defensive line. They've looked at offensive linemen, right? Uh, and they still could add a, a guy to compete with Alex Postrum at center, maybe not as urgent now as you talked about before. They've offered some wide receivers – uh, a Juco wide receiver, Ty Bowman here recently. Uh, they're looking at a kid from Western Illinois uh, as well. So wide receiver, I still think, is, is, a, is a position they need to address. I just think they need more depth. I think they need an, another guy that they can go to and put in the rotation. Uh, I think they need to address that. Do they add another defensive lineman? I, I'm not sure. Do they add another corner? They've looked at them. They've offered some corners throughout this offseason. They can still add a lot of blue shirt possibilities here. So where do you think they go uh, in the transfer portal in the coming months? I think the O, let's start O-line. I think it'd have to just be like, how do you turn away? You know what I mean? Like how, it, I think you feel good enough that it's just got to be something that you would feel foolish if this opportunity presented itself to not kick the tires. I don't think that's very urgent. Yeah, can, can I mention, by the way, um, Jordan Slaughter was taking reps with the second centers when they came out. So I, I think he could be the backup center. Like Josh Kurtz and Zach Barlow, I think they feel can eventually make an impact. But uh, I think if they don't feel comfortable in Pilstrom, maybe Slaughter can be that center. Yeah, and you know, I even wonder how many years they would look for out of an offensive lineman. Like, I, I think they, they're comfortable. That's a different story. Anyway, uh, wide receiver, I, how do you say, what have we seen that you, that you can reasonably sit here and say they shouldn't kick the tires? Like I was, when you were talking, I was over here doing like the 30 days has September deal. There's nine days before the portal more or less closes. And let's, let's call it like for entrance, it probably closes because Alec Bryant didn't get the waiver. Like that feels like a precedent a year ago. So this is going to yeah, be- Yeah, just to whiteboard that. So the May 1st deadline is the, the day that, according to the NCAA, if you enter after that date, you cannot get the one-time uh, transfer exemption, which means you're immediately eligible. So um, now they can still transfer somewhere after that, but they got to get their name into the portal by May 1st if they want to be eligible next season. So we'll know who's all in the portal by then. Yeah, and I, I think that actually might be 1159 Saturday, April 30th. Like, I don't think you have until 11.59 on May 1st. I think it's April Yeah, I'm 30th. not sure. I'm not Look, whatever. We're, we're picking here. But, like, there's going to be a wave. The, the long-winded point I was getting at, like, spring ball is over. There's exit meetings happening. There's going to be a wave. Illinois will probably have some guys go in the portal. 
I think we would be stupid to sit here and say. Can you like, guarantee no. that, Joey? I would almost say I guarantee it. I think that will happen. Yes. All right, Jeremy will ride <laughs> his bike to Champagne if there isn't one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, so there's going to be a way. There's going to be more players available. Probably some good players, right? I mean, like that's. There's, so there's some talented players. I don't know if, how much production you'll see there. But I, I would have to think they're going to sniff around for a wide receiver. I just, I, there's just nothing I've seen, Jeremy, to think. They have some receivers coming in, but an Ian Pugh and Ashton Hollins, those are guys that aren't, I don't think you can look at them and say, oh, yeah, they'll contribute in 2022. They're, they're guys who are going to take a little bit of time. So maybe go in there and get somebody. There's yeah, Brian, even though I, I think Hank Beatty could. Yeah. Do you, do you want to rely on that? I, I don't think that's, that's where Illinois wants to be as a program where you have to rely on that. Like you, you want to add somebody you can make an impact right away. Yeah. And does Brian Hightower, his, I guess, ability to play now, does that change? And I say ability, just the willingness of Illinois to play him. We've, to your point, we still don't know why in the world he wasn't out there, but does that change anything? I don't know. I think that it's hard for me to think that that's not something you have to address. I Cornerback, I thought Taz was okay tonight. I thought he had a really nice play down here in the end zone. Uh, you know, do you want to try to, to push that? If, if the right guy comes available, do you want to try to get in there? Tyler Strain, D.D. Snyder were the two uh, backup with the twos there. I don't know. I think those are the two positions that really jump out to me a little bit because they need them. And I, I do also wonder, Jeremy, we've talked about this scholarship crunch. Uh, we, we think there's two, somewhere between two and four available still, uh, probably two. two. Two initial scholarships, which is the class 2022, and then they can still add shirts, which yes. they've already started to do, which steals the scholarship from the next year. But they could still add up to five guys if they really want to, and they want to steal from 2023, but they can, they're definitely going to add two more. I wonder how much that's going to, I know we're getting a little off track here, but that's what I do. Like, I, I wonder how much that's going to play because Brett seems to be holding on, Brett Bielema seems to be holding on to this thought that, you know, maybe there's going to be some sort of reform in terms of initials with the transfer portal. So do you push it? Do you push it with a couple more blue shirts than you otherwise would have thinking maybe that the NCAA will give you some relief and maybe it's another plus seven if you have seven guys out. Maybe, and it's, this is Brett Bielema's dream. He's not hidden this. Maybe it's just 85 and go with it. Like that, I, I just wonder what that, I'd love to ask him tonight wasn't the night, but like, how does that play into it? Because like, it seems to be a common thought that they, you know, this could, something could change in some capacity. And you get a little more risky with blue shirts, thinking that could be the case without really having those assurances. I don't know. Yeah, getting into deep cuts of all the uh, I know I'm scholarship. Sitting there through. I was like, "What the hell am I doing?" <laughs> scholarship counting, one of our favorite pastimes at Illini Inquirer. Uh, let's let's keep going the deep cuts. Special teams, man. Uh, we got to bring up. Didn't seem like it was a big strength today, though. Hugh Robertson got us off on the the right foot um, with a a punt inside the five yard line, just as Blake Hayes uh, did so many times at Illinois. Two punts for 77 yards, not a great average, but one of those was inside uh, the five-yard line. Uh, he had, I guess they got him on different teams here. So he had four punts, about 40-yard average. Uh, Fabrizio Pinton was the backup punter, two punts for 70 yards. Caleb Griffin got off to a great start in this field goal kicking contest. Made three of four. The one he missed was like 50-something yards. He missed a 57-yarder at the end of half. I don't think anyone's going to blame him for that. He doesn't have the leg that McCourt does. 
but I missed it, Joey, but apparently missed all three of his field goals in the next one. So um, Pintone was one of four in the first time. You know, special teams, we didn't have to bring up and talk about that much last year. Could be an issue. Like when, when you're resetting and going from all Big Ten kicker and punter, they got to get better there, it seems like, after the spring. And the other thing is Isaiah Williams seems like the number one punt returner. So they're, they're not worried about concern or they're not seemingly too concerned about injuries there. Uh, Isaiah Williams can catch the ball. That's the number one important thing. But also, he's the guy you'd think of as a punt returner, right, if, if you weren't so concerned about injuries. Yeah, and I, I do wonder, not to him and Caleb, you know, I, I didn't see it either, trying to remember what we were doing down there. Some of them around. Not is, paying attention, that's what we yeah, were doing. Yeah, yeah. Th that is not the most friendly to a kicker rapid fire type of situation they do. I mean, it's like boom, boom, boom. To me, I wonder, you know, if you get off track a little bit, is it just like uh, I mean, when you're going at that rate, is it to get back it's on a good track? test, though. Good test for a high-pressure yeah. situation. Yeah, I mean, I – you know, we'll see. I don't know. You're right. We didn't have to talk about special teams because Blake Hayes and James McCourt were awesome at what they did. Ethan Tabell was awesome at what he did. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just went into a freaking roster crunch cut. I don't know if I'm trying to go into a deep cut on special teams. My mind is, has a little bit. Like that, that, that was a, a strength of your team yes, for, for, yes. for many years. If you want to give Lovey Smith one thing, he killed it with specialists and specialist development. Bob Lugoszewski deserves a lot of credit for that. And that continued last year with you know Ben Miller and Greg Froelich, uh, the, the guys with special teams now have done a really good job with those guys. So now what do you have left here? They've added competition, right? Josh Leff is coming in this, this summer as a walk-on punter. Uh, Will McManus is the freshman walk-on today. I don't know if he kicked in the, in the third quarter or not today, but um you know, he did because they, they had Pentone was a backup both, right? He was a backup punter, he was a backup kicker. McManus did get in, yeah. There yeah. at some point, I don't remember exactly when. So so Pentone they bring in as an Air Force transfer, right? So uh it, it's clear, and Brett said it today, we haven't had a lot of consistency in the kicking game. So it, it just when, when that comes up and as many close games as Illinois was in, something to watch going into the fall. It is, and we'll we'll see how that plays out. It's been a while since we've really had to think about a competition there uh really since the last training camp we were in maybe jeremy 2019 when it was mccourt and griffin uh going at it a little bit there punt returns fascinating to me isaiah williams to your point makes all the sense in the world because he's isaiah williams and people don't do so well when they try to tackle him in open space but josh mccray back there these are two opposite like talents man josh mccray i don't can you imagine like you go down there, you see Josh McRae. I'm, like, ah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm not doing that. You don't want to hit him, right? No, I, I no, no, in no capacity do I want to hit that guy. I, I, but I did truly thought, think it was interesting that he was seemingly the number two, which lines up for what we saw on Saturday in practice. I know they've tried Daniel Edwards back there. I will see how that looks. But Isaiah Williams seems like the guy. And Oh, ho-hum, get this dude the ball. Doesn't matter how you do it, get him the ball. Most of the time, he's going to be waving at the scoreboard probably on punt returns. Yeah, but yeah. The, the the rare opportunities that you can do something, it, it's interesting they have him back there. All right, Joey, before we get out of here, what was the biggest surprise of spring ball for you? Like, what's the biggest emergence, position, change, thing you heard? Like, what what's the biggest? I want to start with the biggest surprise I heard today. And that was Evan Kurtz, uh, defensive lineman. Brett was 
Deep cut. Yes. Over. I know. I could when you, you just moved through the defense, alarmingly not bringing him up, but they moved him from the offensive line to the defensive line. And Brett seems encouraged with what he had. I think he flashed maybe a little bit today, but the dude's been playing defensive line for maybe like two weeks. That's probably a generous uh, guess there. But that was the most interesting thing I took out of Brett's press conference today was, was Evan Kurtz. And that's so you got Evan Kurtz and Bryce Barnes who have converted now defensive linemen. But, you know, you zoom out a little bit into spring ball, Jeremy. And I don't, I don't mean to keep going down this road, but Alex Pilstrom. I mean, Alex Pilstrom was kind of that guy that we were like, okay, where does he fit? Because you bring in Isaiah Adams, you bring in Zy Chrysler, you bring in all these freshmen who I don't think we reasonably think will be in the two deep, but then Paucho comes back and Julian Pearl's healthy. And you're like, okay, he's been a pretty serviceable guy for his, especially these last couple of years. Like, where does he fit? Well, he fits in the position on the offensive line that they needed probably the most. So that, that to me is... I would say the biggest surprise of spring ball, you, honorable mention goes to Aiden Lawfrey, even though we haven't seen him. So it's hard for me to really go, you know, full throttle on that. And Kendall Smith, just, I did not anticipate Kendall Smith being yeah. starting at free safety in the spring game. What about you? Yeah, I think Pilstrom uh, moving to center was a pretty big surprise early on in it. Um, I, I think another one I would go with is Brian Hightower, actually being a part of this program. I, I just, last year, Tony Peterson, when we brought him up, would not answer the question, like, why is this guy not playing? Like, he, he brought up some injuries, I know that. And then, you know, do you remember that press conference? Like, yeah, he decided he came in, he wanted a red shirt. That, that to me was like, well, that is probably the end of this. And right. I don't think that's a hot take. No, it was like, oh, this guy's probably going to move on after this. Um, but here he is, he's with the starters, and we know he's talented. I mean, two years ago, he was the second best wide receiver on this team behind Josh Bebe, right? Like, so I, I think that is is interesting because I, I think Brian Hightower can really help you uh, come this, uh, you know, come this season. The other one for me would be going and getting another potential nose guard option. Like, uh, listen, Calvin Avery and Burtis Brown, I wasn't sold on coming in, but they added T-Raw Edwards for competition, made a bunch of sense. He's here for four years, but to add another one, and Rashawn Wilkins and, and Wilkins can play a little three tech, but he's built like a nose guard. So uh, I think that says a lot that they went and got another guy there. Um, so I think there's some concern at, at that position to do it, but the, the bodies they've added, the other thing about Pilstrom I'll say is they're getting bigger. Like there's a focus on getting bigger in the trenches and, and they've certainly done that on, on the offensive line. I don't think I got anything else to add about. Sports. I have one thing. You do. I know. I know you've got to drive longer drive home. Okay, so we they're not returning punts in the in the spring game, right? I you know it was nice to see Isaiah back there. It was nice to see Josh McCray. They just they did a you know nice little mayoral wave and called it a day. So let's let's have some fun. Pick an offensive or defensive lineman, maybe one of each if you've got it in you, to go back there who you would have picked. You get a point if they catch it, if they cleanly catch it. Pick one from each side that you would take if you're trying to fight for points to stand back there and fair catch a punt. It's a great question because you go with length, uh, with reach, right? Um, if that's the case, you start thinking about a guy like Alex Pelczewski or Julian Pearl, um, who's, who's athletic as well. So you kind of want this mix of athleticism and length. Why? They have wave and catch. 
You don't have to ask him to do anything. You got to go get the ball. Like, and you well, yeah, so you do have to probably run to it. That's fair. This isn't Madden where your guy automatically starts under the punt. Fair is enough. Is Julian Pearl's hand in the in his real shape, or is he magically healed where his hand is? He's clubbing. He's clubbing. Because it would be him. Because he's a former basketball player. You do the Rodman. He knows when the ball's going here and here, right? Would like, he leave his feet, do you imagine? Yes. Oh, he's a basketball player. God, what a dream. <laughs> he can go get it. He's got the length. And he's got quickness. So I think I'd go with him. Uh, but if he's got the club, I can't, right? Alex Nielsen was a tight end. He didn't catch passes. <laughs> How dare you, sir? At Glenbard West, is that right? Am I, am I remembering They that? ran the wing tee there. He, you look up those state championship stats, buddy. That gentleman had, two, I think, two catches as a senior. <laughs> I, I want to say 44 yards. I can fact check that. Um, I would, I would, I would probably go Josh Kruitz then if I, if Julian Pearl still has the club on his hands, because Josh played a little H back, played a little fullback. He's a Kruitz man. He's got, that He's got that tenacity. Uh, I think I'd go with Josh Kruitz there, even though Julian Pearl would be my number one pick throughout. Well, that is how uh, Alex Pilstrom is being wildly slept on as a punt returner. That would have been outstanding defensive line. I'm going with former running back, Johnny Newton. Yes. Like that is a slam dunk, I think. So sorry to Keith Randolph, who was a very good basketball player and a good athlete. Johnny Newton scored touchdowns, baby. Are you taking Calvin or Virtus? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be fun to watch. Oh, what, what would be, what would be, I think, though, if you and I had to catch a punt return, it'd be far worse than these guys doing it. These guys are actually oh, yeah. Yeah, athletes. Is, yeah, they, there's no way, one, I'm even getting to the ball. Like, that was just rule that out. I'd lose it in the sun. Two, oh, it hit me so freaking hard in the head. That'd be the end of it. Can you imagine how embarrassed we would be running a 40 against, you know, Calvin Avery and Virtus Brown. They beat us by like a second. Oh, easily, dude. I don't know if I could run a 40 under under eight <laughs> seconds. I'm not kidding. I don't know if I could run it under eight seconds. Can't Rich Eisen do it in like six? Come on. I don't care. He's an athlete. I can't do it. <laughs> There's no way. There's just no way. All right. That'll do it for us at the, the spring game at Memorial Stadium. I got nothing else to talk about with Illinois football. There is some recruiting stuff I, I want to talk about. We'll do that on the VIP side of things because Illinois got a few surprise visitors. One other in-state visitor who's a big one. So we'll have some follow-up uh, from all that at Illini Inquirer. I'll have a couple takeaways and five stars from the game tonight. Joey will focus on Tommy DeVito. Uh, I also have something on Kendall Smith. So a lot of follow-up uh, on what happened in spring ball. And of course, everything that's happening with Illinois basketball, uh, we'll cover the heck out of that as we always do. Thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Go to our YouTube page and give us a follow there. Uh, hit the notifications bell as well. That really helps us out. Subscribe there and uh, follow us wherever you get your podcasts as well. And, and give us a rating and review if you can give us 10 seconds of your day. It really helps us out. And check out everything at IlliniInquire.com. For Joey Wagner, I'm Jeremy Warner. Until next time, everybody take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.